and welcome to the Dunboyne College podcast. As part of the college's Green Week initiative to promote the environment and sustainable living, coordinator Orla O'Dea is joined by students Jonathan Connor, Shanna Cole, Killian Sheeran, Finn Mann and Victoria Maxim, who will talk about walking instead of taking the car, how sports clubs can embrace being green, illegal dumping and the health risks from not recycling. Okay, so thanks so much for being here as part of Dunboyne College's Green Week 2023. What we really want to do is hear students' perspectives on environmental issues that concern them uh, the most. So I have Killian and Finn and Victoria, all students from the journalism class. So thanks so much for being here. Thank Thank you you for for having us. So we'll start with... I'll, yeah, I'll start. Start with Killian, okay. Um, no, the, the topic I just wanted to, to mention, I suppose it's more general compared to just for young people. It's just why and why we should be walking and cycling maybe instead of driving in Ireland. I suppose before I make my argument, I'm well aware of the facts that it's not always accessible to walk or cycle everywhere. I know for many people getting into college and into work, public transport, um, especially outside the centre of Dublin, is, is difficult to access and driving is just a lot more convenient. But if I suppose if you look at the statistics, um, since 1986, the amount of people driving on the roads has increased from over 400,000 um, to 2016. It has increased to over a million. So I suppose that raises the question, are people becoming more reliant on their cars? Are people become more sedentary? So I suppose that's a question that I'd, I'd like to raise to, to Finn and Victoria um, in a sense where... From their experience, if there's ease of access to public transport to maybe somewhere you can, you could walk or cycle to, would you, you know, initially just opt for maybe a lift off off a parent or or public transport? Uh, well, I think because of like the social media and phones and even like just electronics in general, that a lot of people are becoming lazier because obviously life just evolves and that like uh, I don't know, people just. They just get, like, addicted to these things and they don't really care about, like, things that do matter to the environment as much. So, um, yeah, I think that they are becoming a lot lazier. Yeah, I feel like it kind of depends on where you live. Uh, Say, for example, I live in Kukok and when I get to Dunboyne, I need to get two trains in the morning, so it's a lot harder for me. But I feel like if I had a car, then definitely I would drive and I won't rely on public transport because it just takes too much time for me to get to Dunboyne. Yeah, because I know myself even... Living in Blanchard Sound, I'm a 15-minute walk from the shopping centre and sometimes I'd even jump on the bus, you know what I mean? Um, but a lot of the time, though, I lift there if I need, but I do feel like a lot of the time I do try, if I'm walking somewhere, I, I try maybe text a friend to see if they could if they could walk with me or if they wanted to walk with me, if we're going to the same place, walk together. Obviously, walking with someone makes it more enjoyable. Um, so would would you feel like yourselves if you had uh, somewhere to go that you know was in cycling or walking distance maybe you would still up for a lift or tr- public transport no 100% I think I'd walk because even the other day I actually walked instead of got a lift off my dad because I was only 20 minutes away from the gym so I said right I'll just walk because it's better for the environment and also like it's good for me to like walk instead of just taking a lift yeah no I would as well 100% just put in my airpods and just listen to music on my way if I go somewhere and just walk you know having the the access to public transport and the access to the cars it is a big factor in why people are driving more than walking and cycling or maybe more than they should be so like why do you why do you think that walking and cycling or how do you think walking and cycling could become more 
of an accessible option do you think incorporating more cycle lanes more safe cycling routes um, kind of building up more more areas outside of Dublin to have things like shops and GPs closer closer to home yeah like you see in the likes like some places in Dublin might have the bike um, the bike banks even like it likes Amsterdam they have so much bike banks I think stuff like that needs to be like they need to implement that like everywhere like because at the end of the day like it's it's better to have a bike than go on the car because of the environment. Yeah, no, and there, like there, are, there are initiatives being put in place. So by twenty twenty one, so obviously it's twenty twenty three now. It, the the Irish government was to take over three hundred and thirty thousand cars off off the road to uh, encourage walking and cycling. So people to be walking and cycling in instead of driving. So the that the whole initiative was to take over three hundred and thirty thousand cars off the road, um, and also this would reduce tailbacks of over sixteen um, one thousand six hundred kilometers um, across Dublin. You know, I, I know three hundred and thirty thousand in the grand scheme of things might sound like a lot, but even if just one person every day walks instead of cycles, it, it does show the big impact that it does have. Um, as well, there's there's the health side of it. Um, even just walking for thirty minutes a day is is nearly the equivalent of of going out on a run. So. If you get your steps in walking to work or to college or wherever you need to go instead of taking the car, public transport, I think it's as well as looking at it from a um, a point of view of the environment. If you know to encourage people to do it, I think looking at it in terms of health as well is also really important to show how you're also helping the environment and, and you're keeping your health in check. But I, I know Finn and Victoria mentioned the fact that they would opt for you know, walking, putting their AirPods in, walking with a friend instead of taking the car, public transport. But how do you believe we can make more younger people, I suppose, more active, less reliant on lifts and public transport and overall just more enthusiastic towards the environment? Well, I think from a young age that people need to be like, um, educated more that they should walk and cycle rather than drive because at the end of the day, like, it's... It's their futures. Like if if they're if they're just gonna go and use the car all the time, then in the future it's gonna have a bad effect. And like the, the carbon emissions, they will like start to increase more and more. Yeah, but I also think that if say like you live in the middle of nowhere and like it's just impossible for you to get somewhere without a car, then I just think that it would be better for people to get their driving license. Like I don't know, like when they're like sixteen, seventeen as well. Um, cause like say like you live like on like just a country road or something, and there's no buses around you. Like the only way that you could actually get somewhere is by car, or maybe if you cycle to near town and just get a bus from there. So do you think it's on the government now, I suppose, to incorporate more access to to transport facilities and like buses and trains in, and I suppose areas out further outside of Dublin that, that don't have that access. It's it's kinda a case of not just accepting it but kinda you know, taking the money that that's been raised and kinda put it into building up these, these transport systems. Yeah, definitely. I'd also say that like I think in fifth and sixth year stuff like that, they should have some sort of like way to uh, like encourage people just like just just have like posters or something. Just have something to to just make people more aware of it, you know. Kind of plant the seed yeah. early on. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um but no, that's that's kinda everything I wanted to uh, to touch on in terms of driving and walking and um hopefully, you know, people take something from it and, and next time they could walk somewhere or cycle somewhere they'll offer that over over lift or public transport. Alright, so uh my name is Finn and uh, I'm gonna talk about um 
there's a football team in England in the third tier and um, they're 100% um, use sustainability is at the core of everything that they do. The biggest football body at FIFA described them as the greenest football club in the world. Um, and we see this through being the only vegan football club in the world. So in the stadium itself, they have the, like, the scoreboard is LED. Their panels in one of the stands is covered or with uh, solar panels. 20% of their annual ele- uh, electric needs are also to do um, in the gates. So when they're going to the likes of away games, they have um, group travels, so all the away fans. So this would obviously uh, decrease the amount of carbon emissions that are used. And we also see that with the team itself, the first team using an electric coach. So obviously this decreases the amount of carbon emissions too. And as well as that, the academy have an electric minibus, so that also helps. So then the pitch itself is organic. And as well as that, they have a new process where for the away fans, they clean up the water of the toilets and they pump that back into the pitch as well. So Victoria, how do you think that um, football teams can become more environmentally friendly? Um, I think maybe they could take buses like say like they're like they have a match like in a different city or even like in a different country that's in Europe like they could take the bus instead of like getting the plane or something I I personally think it's about because it's inevitable for for away games um, to if you have to if you have to fly or if you have to take a bus um, I think that's that's inevitable that you kind of unlike my topic unfortunately you can't walk across seas you have to take planes so it's about looking at not you know cutting off the the travel aspect but to how to make the travel aspect more economically friendly and and um environmentally friendly um so it'd be it'd be looking at how to reducing it'd be it'd be more than kind of getting into how to how to reduce the cost of, of the planes and the fuel that the planes use um personally I wouldn't I wouldn't know too much about the planes specifically but in terms of just how how would make how the, the the teams can be more environmentally friendly? And um, I think it's coming away from what they're doing more than how the equipment that they're using to get from different places. How that that itself can be become more environmentally friendly. And I feel like that in itself um, is is maybe a completely different topic. But in terms of how how the teams can be more, you know, aware of how they are affecting the environment, I think being aware of the, the transport that they use and how that can become more sustainable is, is the area that they need to look into. Um, so my name is Victoria and I just want to talk about um, recycling. And um, for for example, like from a young person's point of view, I think that teens and young adults tend to not really care about recycling. So do you guys have like any tips for uh, young teenagers on how they could recycle or how we could make it like more appealing to recycle? Well, the first thing I think that needs to be done is that when, from a very young age, they need to, like, have this, like, put into their brain, like, in, even in crashes and play schools and even during infancy and infants, that there should be more emphasis on it, like, and have, like, even programmes and just, just the basic things because, like, if you see, like, one of your parents putting litter, like, out the window or, like, oh, they missed the bin and they don't pick it up, like, the kids are just going to do the exact same thing they do because they don't know any difference, so... I think that is one key. And then also they should have maybe like more bins, just more accessibility. And then also obviously um, different types of bins just so it's obviously better. Mm-hmm. Okay, then. Further repercussions need to be put in place for people littering, whether that's adults, teens, kids. Because um, you do see signs like around areas, like fines for littering, but like 
how how many times have you heard someone actually getting fined for littering? So I feel like there there needs to be that little bit of fear factor as well as an education factor. There needs to be a little bit of a fear factor, and because I feel like if people were more inclined to get fined if they were to litter, they would be you know, m- more reluctant to, to actually do it. So I do think there has to be more of a fear factor put in place, more stricter fines, um, fines being dished out more regularly than, than, than they are at the moment. I think having that fear factor will definitely p- make people more reluctant in, in actually littering. Okay, I just want to say thanks so much um, to Killian Finn and Victoria for talking to us today. In the second part of the podcast, Orla is joined by Jonathan Connor and Shanna Cole, who talk about illegal dumping and the health risks from not recycling. Okay, so my name is John and uh, I'm here this morning to talk about uh, fly tipping. Uh, Fly tipping, if you don't know, is the illegal deposit of any waste on land that does not have a licence to accept it. And coming from the countryside, I'm very much used to seeing green fields, pastures, farms, that kind of thing. And every every occasion you will see um, waste being deposited within gates, illegally dumped, so fridges, freezers, sofas, and even just black refuse bags thrown out windows of cars. So the problem is that uh, only recently in Longwood Village, just outside uh, County Mead, 3,000 waste tyres were dumped uh, on a massive scale. That's quite a lot. Uh, the farmer's going to have to foot the bill. It'll cost about 7,000 euros to do that. And... The problem is there's a breakdown along the way where uh, how waste management is handled. And we end up with these, um, every now and again, these uh, large dumpings of uh, industrial waste, tyres, that kind of thing. So it's it's quite a problem. So what can motorists do to stop this problem? Well, motorists need to ask uh, when they're changing their tyres, going to a mechanic or going to, uh, you know, uh, a tire fitters, who, wh- how exactly they dispose of their tyres. Ask the question when you go. When you want to uh, get your tyres fitted, ask questions like, are they are they registered with a uh, circle ELT? They're the company in Ireland who are specifically uh, designated to look after waste tyres. Uh, they're a specialist uh, waste management company, so they can handle the, the, the waste correctly. And uh, motorists need to find out, ask questions when they go. The facilities are there to dispose of the waste, so why is it still happening that people are still dumping their rubbish? It's a hard one to answer. I mean, most people, I would say the majority of people, you know, disposed of their waste correctly. They've really bought into the waste management uh, recycling program down through the years and it's, it's become acceptable. But you still have a cohort of people, a small minority, uh, who, who who have absolutely no regard, regard for the environment and just dump their rubbish where they feel like it. And I suppose the bigger problem here is industrial waste, the dumping of industrial state uh, waste, which is happening on a massive scale, as we see with the tyre dumping recently, in Longwood, that's a that's a bigger that's a bigger question that needs to be looked at. I think it comes under enforcement, and also possibly uh, surveillance of country areas which are highlighted or which can be um, identified, and then some sort of camera system put in place to monitor these country areas uh, to prevent this kind of thing. That's really interesting to know. I wouldn't be really know much about it. Thanks, John. No so I'm Shanna, and I'm going to talk today about the health risks that come with not recycling your rubbish. So, John, I'd like to ask you: Do you recycle all your household rubbish at home? Yeah, I mean we're we're fairly good at it now. At this stage, we have it down to a fine art. Um, I I don't know if you realised recently, but you used to have to uh, break plastic. You know, certain uh, plastics couldn't be recycled because of their you know 
type of plastic really but now all plastic can really be recycled so everything goes into that and we have various segregation streams to break up the rubbish and even a, a composting facility in the house. Did you know that um, harmful chemicals and greenhouse gases sit in the landfills and they're released into the air so really recycling it is really a big factor that needs to come into Ireland and the decomposing garbage produces carbon dioxide, nitrous oxide and methane and these are all contributing to air pollution. So there's various um, respiratory diseases. Would you be aware of that recycling can actually help um, um, decrease the respiratory diseases? I wasn't aware of that now, the, the full kind of extent of, uh, of you know, of, of the waste issue with that, like in terms of health. You know, what other health risks are there? So um, there's low birth weight, birth defects, and they're like reported near landfills, so people that live around the areas. And then there's cancers that have arised from a pancreas, lancreas, um, liver, kidney and lymphoma and they're common near the sites as well. And then some people um, have severe symptoms of fatigue, sleepiness, headaches, and they're all around the landfills as well. But also there's something else, the landfills, if they're not managed correctly, rats can carry and spread diseases, and these then spread on to people, and so that's another health risk as well. Yeah, no, no, I wasn't aware. That sounds quite quite serious, specifically around landfills. I mean, what, what is the solution, really? people have to manage the landfills correctly if rubbish is going to the landfills or people just have to recycle all their waste and be, take care of that and manage it properly. Um, but if in households, if you don't recycle, obviously their flies come to the houses and they are attracted to the waste. So then flies have um, been linked to 65 diseases that can be carried on to humans. And um, there's one disease that the bacteria goes into your digestive system and it can cause ulcers. So there's loads of health risks um, coming off not recycling your waste. Um, just, just on that, I mean, we have, um, we have uh, around Ireland, there's a huge growing feral cat population. Um, now we have, instead of calling them the feral cats, really, we have wild cats. You know, these are domestic cats which have, you know, down through the years become feral and they live in colonies around the, the country. I mean, just, just to think of uh, landfills where you have vermin, uh, these cats can play a very vital role in making sure that vermin is controlled in a natural kind of setting. But then you'd be worried, does the rats pass on the disease to the cats and the cats are passing on the diseases more and more you know I think I think in the sense where you have you know th- these are wi- these are wild animals now so they live away from humans as such you know they, they're, they're very uh, elusive and they don't like to come in contact with humans so they're very much they're there but you don't see them and then there's the burning in the landfills and they suggest that the pollution from the inc- um, incentators they're linked to another lymphoma cancer and soft tissue tumours so there's another health risk as well if you don't recycle your waste so really okay, the message yeah, here yeah. is just it's really important to recycle and not to send your garbage to landfills I suppose as well coming back just to the issue of the tyres the dumping as well like the whole kind of, uh, I mean, tyres are quite stable in itself, but if, if they go on fire, it's going to release a yeah, huge amount exactly. of smoke. The so pollution, they, it, yeah. It's so important for people to stream their rubbish and make sure it's disposed of through the proper channels. Really. And other um, problems that can come out of the pollution is miscarriages and other birth defects as well. So yeah. that's another like um, real health risk there as well, so it is. Well, I just want to say thanks so much. Um, part of what we're always trying to do in our Green green Week here in Dunboyne is is really to raise awareness. And it's important to hear what students care about um, and what issues they feel merit you know, discussions. So there's some really interesting interesting points there and I just want to say thanks again to John and to Shanna.
Thank you. Thank you. You have been listening to the Dunboyne College Podcast, hosted by Orla O'Dea. Guests were DCFE college students Jonathan Connor, Shanna Cole, Killian Sheeran, Finn Mahan and Victoria Maxson. Sound recording and editing was by Rob Kelly, and this is a DCFE media production. You can find out more about the college by visiting www.dunboynecollege.ie.